This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We are supposed to have a federal election on or before October 21st of this year, as determined by fixed date legislation. Now, the main federal parties have got their campaign slogans ready. I mean, you've been seeing probably some of the commercials already. Uh, They've got the signs printed. They're ready to go. The only thing we're missing is the actual election call. When is this going to happen? Well, joining us now to talk more about that is David Aiken, our chief political correspondent uh, for Global News. And he's joining us from Winnipeg. David, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem, Simi. And you're absolutely right. The campaign is underway in all but official name. Uh, Jugmeet Singh and the NDP, they started on Sunday. They said, we're not waiting for the prime minister to formally declare the election. And uh, they were in Toronto today making some housing announcements. Other parties, including the Liberals, have campaign-style ads already out there. So, um, so yeah, now all we need is the official writ drop, as they say. And, and that's important because... Then a bunch of rules kick in about how parties and third parties, I should, to be frank, um, can conduct themselves in trying to persuade you right. to vote one way or the other. Okay. Were we supposed to get it on the weekend? Like, did Hurricane Dorian change anything? N- nobody really knows for sure. I mean, it's obviously the Liberals' closely guarded secret because they have the advantage in saying, it, we're boom, we're on the way. But... Yes, I think there was some expectation that the Prime Minister might have said on Sunday, he'd gone and visit the Governor-General to say, let's get it going. Let's have a five-week campaign ending October 21st, which would have started Sunday. But I am told that the hurricane did factor into some considerations in terms of when to start this thing. I mean, uh, this morning we woke up, I think there were still a couple hundred thousand people in uh, Atlanta, Canada without power. So I think that is a consideration. And then the other other thing to consider is one of the reasons I'm in Winnipeg right now is there is a provincial general election, right. which concludes tomorrow. So on Tuesday uh, is Manitoba's general election day. Manitoba uh, will choose between the incumbent PC Premier Brian Pallister or a new Democrat challenger, Wab Canoe. That happens Tuesday. And there's also thinking, you know, you, you want to have a general election while a provincial election is wrapping up. It's not unprecedented, but it is extremely rare. Right. But then the calendar kind of closes, right? Like we're really kind of running out of time to make sure we get those weeks in. That's right. So under our fixed date election law, and this was the, that that law was brought in by the Harper gang. Ironically, Harper broke his own law at his first opportunity. But nonetheless, um, Harper brought in this fixed date election law. And then the Trudeau gang, they fine-tuned it. And their fine-tuning was this, that they set a minimum and a maximum length of the election uh, of election campaign and the minimum length is five weeks and if we want to have want to honor that fixed date election of october 21st then trudeau must call the election by september the 15th that's this sunday and so for those who care if you're wondering about uh, you know when might he call this he's he's it's not going to be called tomorrow um, i'm almost certain of that at this point in time tomorrow tuesday the date of the manitoba election there's odds he could call it on wednesday but you're probably getting low odds or the the the, the, the smart money if you will at this point 
Yes, he'll call in on Thursday. Um, on th- that would be the, the, the one of the reasons Wednesday's out of the out of the gate is because that's September the 11th, and there's just some right. you know that's a date that people have some superstitions about. So look for the 12th Thursday, or maybe he waits to the weekend, and we have uh, the shortest campaign possible of five weeks. Okay, and what changes when that happens, David? You talked about the rules that come in place between now and then. Like, what ads will we see and then not see once the election is called? Right. So right now we're in an official pre-writ period and there are some specific rules about how much parties can spend on advertising. But there's no restrictions on how much parties can spend on travel. If, you know, Andrew Shear wants to go run around the country, uh, he doesn't, he's under no restrictions. And the Conservatives have a lot of money, so they could, they could run up the tab doing whatever they want, though they are restricted on advertising. Once the writ period uh, starts, that's the official campaign, now all parties are under some restrictions. They have a limit in terms of the total they can spend on polling, advertising, traveling their people around the country. And that restriction uh, sort of evens the field out between the two richest parties, the Liberals and the Conservatives. Additionally, there are now restrictions on third parties. So, for example, let's say you have an environmental group which is running an ad right now that just says this, when you cast your ballot, think about climate change. Mm -hmm. That's called an issue ad, and there's no restrictions right now on a third party, such as an environmental group, that just runs that ad. Doesn't mention any politician, doesn't mention any party, just says, think about climate change. Well, when the campaign starts, that third party group, that environmental group, now also has to register, has to identify where their funding comes, and and is limited on their, quote, issue ads. So if they do run in a week's time, this environmental group, think about climate change. We need to know how much you're spending and who is funding that. That, too, is a new rule brought in by the Liberals. Right. Are all the parties ready here? Does everybody have their candidates in place? I know the NDP is kind of playing catch up. Uh, No, all the parties are not ready. Uh, The only party to have a full slate of candidates in all 338 ridings is the Conservatives. The Green Party is doing a very good job. They are approaching 300 candidates getting ready to go. The Liberals, too, about three-quarters at the last count. Uh, The New Democrats were well behind. Uh, Even though their leader is essentially on a tour right now and he's campaigning, uh, they still have... uh, a lot of missing candidates, mostly in Atlantic Canada, but also in Ontario. I think, you know, the, cons- the NDP is focused heavily on British Columbia. Of course, the leader is from Burnaby. That's his riding. And the NDP are going to have a heck of a fight on their hands in the south end of Vancouver Island. Of course, the Greens yeah. hold Nanaimo and they hold Saanich. And um, there's about three other ridings the NDP currently hold on the south end of Vancouver, including Vancouver Island, including Victoria. And the Greens are really gunning for those ridings. And what does polling tell us right now, David? I know that things change, like we certainly saw that in the 2015 election, right? Mm -hmm. So where are we at right now, and what are you going to be watching for? We we have a, a we don't have you'll see the top line number the national average for a lot of polls and I don't think that counts for a whole lot right now because we really do have four maybe five maybe six regional races I just mentioned Vancouver Island is a race unto itself where there's you know the Conservatives in the north part of the island are very strong then we have this green NDP and conservative mix quite frankly on the south end Mm -hmm. in the rest of BC it's a tight three-way race the uh, Liberals the Conservatives and the NDP are all polling pretty much uh, relatively between each other so there's gonna be a lot of seats a lot of battlegrounds in the lower mainland and into the interior then once of course we hit the prairies Alberta and Saskatchewan 
you won't see a leader go near there from any party. Why? They made their minds up. They're all voting yeah. conservative, you know, with maybe one or two exceptions. Then Ontario, Quebec, and Atlanta, Canada, they all have their own dynamics, whether you're around the GTA, the, the Toronto area, or somewhere else. So the lay of the land right now is, um, you know, I would say general advantage to the liberals, uh, the Trudeau liberals, but it's a can campaigns matter. We could see a minority come back that Andrew Scheer might try to negotiate his way through, or Trudeau may come back with a minority. Wow, so much to look forward to. It's going to make your job so interesting for the next uh, two months, David. Oh, yeah. And, Simi, I've said this before on your show. On election night, B.C. could not only – I think B.C. is going to decide minority or majority. B.C. could decide the government. I mean, everybody in the country got to stay up late to watch how B.C. votes. And have to make sure we vote. David, thank you so much for that. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, same to you. That's David Aiken, our chief political correspondent uh, for Global News. Right now he's in Winnipeg, where, as he mentioned, Manitoba is having a provincial election tomorrow. So he is covering that. His prediction for the election call, the federal election call coming Thursday, that makes sense, right? You're not going to do it on Manitoba's election day. You're not going to do it on September 11th. So Thursday sounds like a, a pretty a safe bet for when this election is going to be called.